Yo, 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 we are back. Welcome to another edition of the Round Ball Ramble podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. You can follow me on Twitter at CorbinMBA, C-O-R-B-A-N-M-B-A. Check out Swish Theory at Swish Theory. Uh, check out Sports Ethos at Sports Ethos. Uh, all, all good content, all great work, all great people. Uh, today, we are going right out of work, doing a more general NBA discussion, something I'm very excited to be doing. Um, and we are talking... Young cores, and I have one of the best guests. I, I you know, it's funny, it's going to be determined. I'll probably look back on the episodes later. We've talked, we've known each other for years, talked for a while. We thought we've been on the show before. My memory sucks. If y'all listen to this, y'all know that, but he's a good one. If y'all are on NBA Twitter at some point in time, y'all have seen him. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Zach Noble, all one word. That is also the name of our guest, Zach Noble. Um, check him out on Ball is Life, um, host the All Things NBA podcast. Zach, how you doing, my friend? Doing great. Happy to be here. Can't believe it's our first time on the waves together, but looking forward to getting after it. Absolutely. Yeah, I know it's crazy. It's It's been ships, ships passing in the night, I guess. I, I don't know, but I'm happy it's here. But um, yeah, for today's topic, yeah, NBA Young Cores has been something It's around that time I like to think about Young Cores anyway, you know, where, you know, you're, you're taking stock of the team. You've kind of seen the, the ups and downs for these young squads that are, you know, bottom of the barrel, but always reasons to look at the prospects there for whatever hope that they've shown or progression in their development, whatever the case may be. Um, and in this one, I'm excited with, to have this conversation with you, Zach, because we're talking about our top young cores, not only as to where they stand right now, which, of course, black and white static, boom, but also where they possibly could be. So a team ranked number three could easily be number one in a year and a half pending this person's health. And if this person's shot keeps progressing whatever the case may be. So I'm definitely excited to kind of have this conversation with you. Um, and yeah, what when you when you first started putting together your list, kind of what was going into mind for you? Yeah, it was kind of funny because I did 24, I did 25 and under over the summer. And um, it's crazy how quickly things change. Uh, a big part of it is just, I mean, second, third year guys popping off. Um, rookies i mean there's a couple that are doing amazing things that are contributing to these cores but it's not a very deep rookie class so keep in mind i mean it's more so 23 and 24 versus younger i'd say and the big key here for me is like depth versus young core versus top echelon um i tend to lean towards i mean one or two studs versus um, depth of a core. So, uh, people have their preferences. They'd rather have multiple shots at a lottery ball, but I tend to believe that my track record's pretty good with projecting, um, guys. So I'd rather stick with the couple guys I believe in more than others. And, um, I kind of tied my rankings to how good they are right now versus where I can see them, um, at their end of their careers. I like that. Yeah, I definitely think it's going to lend itself to a very fun conversation. And so we didn't really put major guidelines on this. Literally, like the outline was a sentence of, yeah, I think we should talk young cores. Boom. That's why I share with Zach. So the, the rough outline of this was basically 24 and under. We could talk about a 25-year-old guy. You know, it's close enough. I'm not a big stickler on that. I still think you're young at 25. Once you get 26, 27, development-wise, yeah, there's an issue. But I, I know it's easier for 24 for the most part, we keep it 24. Um, and then we did top five. But the reason why we did top five is because we probably went longer than that. But that is what I'm saving for this first segment, the honorable mention segment. And so this will kind of, you know, peel back the layer on, on our rankings here. But I want to get your list, Zach, of, of your honorable mention teams before we get your number five and kind of go that way. Yeah, so I would say there's a tier um, from, I'd say, one through... I threw one through seven is a tier in their selves. And then you get into this um, giant tier. Um, tier two goes from like eight to, I'll go 13, um, where I can see it pretty interchangeable um, till then. And then 14 to 17. And then after 17, it just gets ugly for me. Um, yeah, I'd say there's, three tiers and that's about 18 teams deep where it's even worth talking about. Everybody else just has one mediocre, hopefully starter level talent for a long time to come. 
That makes sense. Yeah, that that one player that you like, hey, they're this age or whatever the case may be that you can kind of at least sort of look forward to is like the bare minimum there. But um, but yeah, I like that. Let's let's get to your number five. What is what is the number five team on your list, Zach? All right. So, like I said, I mean, tier one, one through seven is very close. I mean, yes, one was easy for me, but after that, things got tough. I mean, I'll just say seven, I had Memphis, six, I have Houston, which is kind of crazy because before the year I had Houston um, at number one, uh, but Jalen Green's lack there of development or decline, you can say, was a big part of it. And then um, not playing Amon Thompson or him being hurt um, has hurt that. And I thought Jabari Smith would take a bigger leap. Um, also, uh, Cam, uh, I thought he'd have an impact already. He's slowly coming around. And um, I'm way higher on Tari Eason even than what he's done. Even he's been good. Uh, so I just want to shout out Houston just because they've dropped drastically in the first few months of this year for me. Um, number five, this is tough because their best, I don't know, two best players are better than the next. Yeah, their two best, If you, their second best guy at number five is better than my second team on this list, number two. So at number five, I have the Orlando Magic. And by that, I mean, Franz is better than any number two up this list, um, I think. Uh, but Paulo, I would project him having like a top five to seven ceiling. I think he can become that good, um, player in the league. I think he's for sure an all-star this year. I mean, if they keep losing, it's could get ugly for him, but, um, I think it's, they've won enough games to solidify his all-star appearance coming up here. And I like their depth. Um, as in like a large core, I guess you could say Wendell Carter Jr. still in that. And he's, I'd consider him a veteran by now. Um, he's just about to turn 25. Jalen Suggs has really popped off. The rest, I mean, is up for debate. I mean, their core to me that I feel like they're building around right now is Paulo Franz and Jalen Suggs. No, I like that. I think you're right. It is a, a, a more quality over quantity, I guess, um, just because they may not have the biggest amount of young depth. And, and I mean, young depth, they do have. It's just like the 24 and under parameters that we roughly have here. But like you said, Franz, yeah, I, I would have him high. I'm very high on Paulo Bancaro as somebody who's kind of been a, a, a go-to guy, a leader for this team, you know, as a player that in the clutch they kind of go to. And as he's kind of finding his um, three-point shot, and I just love his assertiveness and his and this lack of fear that he plays with. I think that's just really, really cool. And that's really a testament to this entire Orlando Magic team as a whole. But it's something I definitely like seeing in him. And, yeah, I, I think that's really solid. I I like that for sure. Is there – do you think Franz is, is the potential for him, do you think, to be – like the best player on the Magic? Do you think he can be, I mean, do you think he's better than Paolo now? Do you think he can be better than Paolo? I know it's kind of different, but at the same time, like Paolo to me, that yeah. alpha style, I feel like is just what he has in spades. So there's crazies out there that think Franz is better and that he can be better. I think that's kind of outlandish just based on athleticism and like their peaks They're right now. Their highest of their highs, Paolo I mean, so much better than Franz, in my opinion. Um, Franz is just rock salt. I mean, he's just, you know what you're getting on a nightly basis, where Paulo, I mean, is a lot more volatile from a night-to-night basis. Um, looking like that Tesla stock right now as I was just on their <laughs> earnings call. So, uh, oh, wow. Paulo, I, I hope he really continues to go more linear and takes off. But I don't know. Like I said, I think Paulo has a top five to seven players ceiling where Franz I think maybe top 20 at his best um and I've been that way I've never been like any higher than that than on Franz and like if for some reason this team falls out like I put the majority of that I mean call me crazy or whatever but I put the majority on it on everybody else not necessarily Paulo uh because I just think he, I mean, he's a he's a ceiling raiser right now. He's not necessarily a floor raiser, and everybody else is the floor on the team. 
I get what you mean. Okay, there we go. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And I, I think he's definitely more of a complimentary player than a guy like Paulo, who I think you kind of kind of anchor around. You know what right. I mean? So I'm definitely with you on that. I definitely agree. Um, let's go into anybody I mean, else. Huh? Well, anybody else in the ma- anybody else in the Magic? You want to shout out like that? I'm not giving credit to that. You still believe in? You know what's funny? I've been a Jalen Suggs guy. Um, I wasn't really a huge, and this is, this is why it's so weird. I wasn't really the hugest fan of him at draft, just taking where he was. I thought he was solid, but I definitely had questions about his shooting. And then lo and behold, like his shooting has been kind of like all over the place, at least as of the last two seasons or last year. But like this year, <clears throat> I definitely love the way he's played. His three-point shooting, you've seen uptake both in the volume of shots that he's taking from three and he's shooting just around 40%. From three, taking five attempts per game. It's solid. And you, when you add that to the pesky, just tenacity brings on the defensive end, like, yes. Do, do I do I see lead guard potential like was talked about when he first got drafted? I don't know. I mean, he's still young enough that that could be a thing, but I don't see it. I see him more as like a three and D kind of guard Um, who, you know, I mean, even his playmaking. Like, I don't, I hate to be the guy just like at raw assist numbers, but he's averaging 2.4 assists per game. Like, that's not... That's not great. I know you have guys who handle the ball who are bigger, like Apollo Bancaro or Markel Fultz. I mean, even Joe Ingles is averaging more assists than him, and he's a guy in the archetype of a bigger creator. But at the same time, like, you know what I mean? Looking at what Jalen Suggs was in college, you thought some of that would carry over. And that hasn't, and that's not a knock on him. It's just not what I envisioned him being as a player. Um, With that being said, though, with that shot coming together, yeah, I think I think you can definitely find yourself not only a role on this team, which he's found, but a really strong role as like a really good high-end connecting piece. Yeah, I mean, he's showing a lot of similarities to Marcus Smart. I mean, he's not as good of a defender as he, Marcus Smart's peak is, but like he's very, very good and he's only getting better on that end. But he's looking more of like a Marcus Smart than the Jalen Suggs I envisioned coming into here. I mean, way better shooter than Smart. I mean, it's crazy how much he's improved year after year. I mean, he started his rookie year at like 28% or 21% from three. He's up to 39 off five, five attempts now and 36 from the field his rookie year. Now he's up to 46%. Uh, those are numbers Marcus Smart doesn't touch. Um, so I think he's their solidified two going forward. They have... They're three and the four as well. They need a one really bad. Yeah, yeah, I think they definitely do. And you're right. Like, you look at, they have guards. I mean, Markel Fultz is a very solid guard. He's just not that guy. And I don't even mean, like, not that guy in terms of age. He's still a younger player. Just not that guy in terms of, like, overall fit, in my opinion. Um, yeah. As a guy, you need to have that. that shoots, yeah, exactly. It shoots the ball a little bit. And, and, and yeah, he's just totally left the three-pointer behind. Um, but yeah, I agree. That's something they need to fix. I like Cole Anthony. I think he's somebody, I mean, he's 23. He definitely fits that scoring guard role off the bench. Um, and so I think that that is solid for him. Um, and literally, he hasn't started, to, like he all of his games have been off the bench, like 25 minutes consistently off the bench. His shooting numbers could be better, just 43% from the field, 33% from three. Um, but at the same time, like he knows, I guess his role is to kind of fill it up, right? And 13 points per game, that's not bad. Um, and he brings at least some level of, of attempt at defense. And so I give a credit to that, but those are my guys. What do you think about Anthony black? Um, I wasn't high on him. I'm being like the biggest... Huh? F- finish. Go for it. Oh yeah. I'm not, I wasn't the biggest Anthony black guy. I could say off the top. Like I actually liked Arkansas. Like I liked that team. I like, I'm a big Nick Smith jr. Fan, but that's more of my archetype of player. I like, right. Anthony black cerebral, I get it, but the, the shot was and this coming from a guy who has Alonzo Ball shot. Like, the shot didn't look consistent. It just looked different. And I'm like, how is he going to be able to be on the floor outside of defense and not shooting? Like, the Magic have four of those guards already, right? Um, And and he's joined that team. And, I mean, okay, the numbers don't look bad. 49% from the field, 35% from three. Like, if you look at just that, great. He's taking one a game, right, from three. Like, I'm glad he's he could be shooting 0% or whatever the case could be, but he's taking one a game. And then his shots, 49% from the field, he's taking four a game. Like, he's so low volume, it's not even really a thing, you know? Five points per yep. game, uh, assist and a half. He looks good defensively, but he also has been very careless at times, making, you know, kind of rush turnovers. And on the one hand, he's a rookie, he's 20, he's a guard. Those things stack up against you. On the other hand, I just didn't think it was a good fit at all, so this isn't exactly making me look bad, you know? No, I'm with you on everything you're saying there. I'm like, 
one of the biggest Anthony Black detractors. I was shocked they took him here. I didn't have him in my top 15 really pre-draft. I was that low on him. Um, you're drafting a guy basically for his defense. I don't believe in his shots ever going to be consistent. I mean, he's only made one three-pointer or more in 13 games this year. He's only shot in 50 per, or 35% or greater from three in 10 games. Uh, he's only made two or more threes in four games. Like, the dude's doesn't bring anything besides like defense really. And then occasionally he's a good rebounder. Um, I don't believe in his playmaking either, just like Fultz. Um, I, but I believe in Fultz mid range scoring ability a lot more and getting to the rim a bit. Um, Anthony black, I always give rookies a pass. I'm kind of soft like that. You can say I'm really <laughs> fragile with rookies. I just know that what it takes to develop, look at Jalen Suggs here and, uh, I'm going to give Black a chance, but I mean, I don't have much hope for him overall, to be honest, um, especially not with all the guards there. And I think he's in a terrible landing spot unless he just becomes an amazing defender and uh, kind of finds a role like, I don't know, Dante Exum um, now, I guess you can say. And even though Exum isn't doing a ton, but I mean, he's a good defender when he plays. And then I'm blanking on. Uh, one other guy, not uh, not Cam Reddish. I mean, specialty like him, but kind of mm-hmm. Cam Reddish. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll get back to it. Yeah, I'm going to say which type player. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing that really surprised me is Fultz hasn't hit a three all year. I completely blanked on no. that. He hasn't yeah. hit one three all year, and he's 25, so he doesn't even count in this conversation. No. But he's somebody – no, but I know what you mean. He's one of those guys that, like – and this is why I'm glad we kind of use that rough 24 and under because he fits a role in this team, right? Even though he's not part of the young core, the young core isn't really playing over him outside of injury and like different situational matchups. And so that's been the thing that's been really interesting to me. But you're right. Like he's totally said, forget the three-pointer, which if it wasn't today's NBA, I I might be a little bit more for, right? But like, I don't know. I just Especially, I mean, it's again, he'll be someone, it's going to be so interesting to like read about him in the future and i i hate some of the the crazy takes but this is development from someone who shot the three ball and shot it pretty decently in washington in college to the point where now you know if you told me you know see would it completely give him a three-point shot at all six years from now i wouldn't have believed you you know so i agree yeah. but it just it's one of those things where you know jalen suggs yes he's a starter but like point guard uh, right cole anthony seems to have found his role it's coming off the bench you're scoring minded six men right anthony black needs to find a role we don't know what that is yet could it be point guard yes but then you definitely probably want jalen Suggs to shoot a little bit more you know like there's there's definitely like you said they need a point guard to like fix this kind of flux they have oh. here at the guard spot they're lucky franz and paulo are great ball handlers and Good, good playmakers. I mean, I think Paulo can become very elite in that area. Same with Franz um, as playmakers. And Wendell Carter mm-hmm. Jr. even. Good pass, great vision uh, yep. for a big man. But they still, I mean, even to unlock those guys more. Um, did you have Orlando at five or who do you got at five? Um, So I went a little bit different. I had Portland at five. Whoa. Yeah. I love and- it. I love it. I, I yeah, I'm high on Portland. Um, but like it's been weird because I guess I'm high on the potential of what they can be, right? I knew DeAndre Ayton was 25 and I, I left him off. Like I left him out. But like, and even I mean, listen, it wouldn't have helped if he was part of the core because the way he's been playing this season been rough. But I looked at Anthony Simons is still 24. Shaden Sharps had injuries and was plagued with some inconsistency and inefficiency from shooting when he was playing, but he's just 20. Chris Murray still counts as 23. Scoot Henderson's had a horrific year to start, but the last month has been getting better, and he's just 20. Like, I think this core, like I said, Anthony Simons ages out of it literally in a couple of months here, but they are an entertaining core. You know, they have an, a different issue. They have too much of the same type of guard, I think. I mean, you look at Scoot, you look at Shaden, you look at Simons, they're all kind of scoring-minded guards. I think Henderson is more of the traditional point guard thing if you will and 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 simons can certainly play combo guard and sharp has shown some ability to do some of that as well but they're all kind of in that same boat where none of them can really play the three and i really i mean just that between simons and sharp that was never henderson's role um and all of them definitely like to shoot the ball a bit and so it is a curious how the construction is there but um that's for me the core and they have other guys um tamani kamara has been really cool 
um, liked him. I mean, he's not, I would say he's just a really solid role player. I wouldn't necessarily call him a core. And he also ages, I mean, he's going to be 23, so he's not bad. But, like, he's a solid player as well. Um, and I, that's that's just it for me. It's like those guys are the core for me. You know, I looked up, it's funny, I was watching the Blazers and getting ready for this podcast, and I was like, oh, yeah, they got that one guy, Dua Breathe. He's a young guy. Dua Breathe is 27. I did not wild, realize right? that. Yeah, wild. yeah, he's my age. Like I was like, oh, my bad, well, or younger than me. But point being, I was like, oh, they had no clue. But like, they have this odd assemblage of talent, right? But those guys I mentioned are the ones for me. They just get a knock because one of them will be aged out in a minute. Simons, one of them's already aged out, DeAndre Ayton, and then Scoot's not look great. Chris Murray's been there, and Shane Sharp's been out. So like, if you look at it in totality, there's not a whole lot yet we can look at to project forward. And if you look at it with just what they are right now, a lot of it's on the solid play of Anthony Simons. Um, but the ceiling, I, 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 yeah, I just, I think they need more structure. I think that Sharp and Simons have a high ceiling. Um, I mean, Sharp and Henderson have a high ceiling. I think Simons does too, but more in the role that he's already where that he's already at. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that's just kind of what it is for me. Um, I just, yeah, I don't think Henderson's a bust at all. Um, but I think there has to be a lot more to be seen in his motor, in his elevation. He looks so explosive in the G League. He's not looked that way here. And maybe that's just adapting the pro game. Or, I'm sorry, adapting to a different level of the pro game. Because the NBA is different than the G League. Otherwise, you know, they'd be all the same, right? But at the same time, it's looked rough. But, yeah, that, that's my thing. I think so much is on him, on, on Henderson, to kind of make this look better. And to a lesser extent, Sharps, since they're about the same age. But I, I like what I've seen mostly i like that you're still so high on them i was i don't know where i'd have to go back and look but i think they were my like top seven seven to ten before the year i have them at 13 right now doing That's this fair. exercise and that might even be generous in my opinion uh but like mm. i still believe in scoot wholeheartedly i think um he's only getting better with time and i just hate i hate the fit with him Shaden, um and anthony simons um, really want to see Simons relocated, even though I, I love the athleticism of those three. Like, I think it could be a lot of fun if they figured things out there. Um, and somebody learned how to play defense as well. Uh, but I just don't see it. I, I don't see it. I, I think, uh, Scoot needs Simons gone to just be gifted the ball at all times to, unlock his playmaking and um his his own system develop his own system in portland he, i mean they they invested in him they missed on brandon miller for him which i mean that was a big deal because i'm you're gonna see how high i am on brandon miller um i think brandon miller's incredible um and he's extending i i shouldn't say that because He's not in my top five. So I'll just say Brandon Miller, I got them at 10. Um, but I believe in that core of just LaMelo, Brand Miller, Mark Williams so much more than I do in Portland. That's fair. Uh, although it is kind of funny because I'm not high on Charlotte like that. I have Charlotte next, so I, I don't know if, if where Charlotte is. We can get up and talk about them. But I, um, I have different thoughts on Brandon Miller. And, 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 and it's funny because I, I – we both watched the Hornets, I'm sure, a lot, and I definitely um, am I'm, I'm high on him as a player, just not high on his potential, if that makes sense. But we'll talk about them in a second. But yeah, let's let's actually, I mean, let's get to your your next team. What is um, who is number four for you? Yeah, so number four, you might think that I mean this greatest prospect of all time. Many say he might be the best. I'm not willing to say I'm taking mm -hmm. him over the guys above him, and that's why I have San Antonio at four because I'm still taking these other players above Wemby because I know what they are, and I think they're – I mean, obviously their floor is solidified um, above Wemby, but their San Antonio is only here at number four above all these other teams because of Wemby too. I mean, I love Devin Vassell. I just don't think he has a very high ceiling. Kellen Johnson's – solid, but I don't think he's necessarily going to be a part of this core for much longer. I think it's mm. Vassell and Wemby. So it's not much to go off of in San Antonio. It's literally just projecting Wemby and his value as a top five, maybe the best player in the league at some point. So that's my thoughts on San Antonio. Do you have them even in your top five or 
Are they higher than four for you? I'm not gonna lie. So I had Charlotte there. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put San Antonio there because I, I I you made a good point there that I like they're in my top five because Wemby. I mean, like All right, he's been great. <laughs> he's been great. Now now mind you, you're right about the other guys. Like I think that Vassell and Calden, I think the difference for the them is that they're more like we don't know, like Wemby can be like a guy, right? Like and when I say that, I'm not even like he can be the best player. He can be a, like the ceiling for him right now is about as tall it's as number he is right one. Now. Like I Exactly right. Whereas we already know, <laughs> we already know what Keldon and and Devin are, you know, and it's not bad players, but like they're not I like think Devin can get a little better, but I, so Keldon, I don't see him get much me. better. No, <laughs> I, I think I think Devin's gonna be like your kind of. I think he can maybe do a little more off the bounce, but like he's your shooter, right? Defensive guy, shooter. I don't see him being a guy that you kind of like play through, like in a guard spot. Like, and I mean, he's kind of gotten up uptick in his assists, but he's not a guy. I'm like, okay. You know, crunch time, like we're going to Devin Vassell in that way. Like he's a, a supporting yeah. guy. And that's not a bad thing. It's just like if the ceiling is him being like a Bradley Beal type, I don't see that. You know? And and Bradley Beal, I mean, he funny. Like you took it right out of my mouth. Really? Like, you, oh, you, like, you see him as that? No, no. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. like that's his play style. That's his play mm-hmm. style. Like if somebody believes in him that much, that's the name that's coming to mind for sure. But I don't, mm-hmm. I don't see him ever getting to that level. So, no. I mean, it's closer to be like, I mean, I'm talking player career wise, like an Eric Gordon, maybe. Um, okay, I can see that. Even right? Eric Gordon had some moments. Yeah, no, I, I see what you mean though. That that could work. Eric Gordon had a moment where he was, um, wasn't he like a big free agent signing for? Well, I guess that for the Pelicans. I, I guess like I can see Devin playing on the Pelicans. I like, call me crazy though. I mean, Eric Gordon's peak. Yes, he's a better defender, but I think this version, like, I don't think Devin Vassell right now is that far from Eric Gordon's peak. I mean, what? I, well, yeah. Did Eric Gordon make an all-star team? No, no. Cause otherwise uh, we're was, talking yeah, sub all-star. He was close. Sub all-star 20 points a game type guy. Yeah. Yes. I, I could, I could see that. Yeah. I could, I could I see mean, that. You're see, right. I'm looking at Eric Gordon cause he's been around for so long. I'm like, oh yeah. He had, right. no, if you look at his career, yeah, average between – oh, dang, you're right. He didn't even get – he had 22 points. 22.6 is his highest, yeah. He's topped out. So, he's been – yeah, I guess you're right. He's been between a, 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 a 13 and 18 points – 13 and 17-point score. Topped out at 18 with the Rockets of 2018. Then he had 17 the Rockets of 2021. And then, of course, he's been, you know, going into his mid-30s. But, like, yeah, I guess you're right. I, but rock, that, rock solid that's defender. That's a good analogy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I like that one. I appreciate that. And I mean, it's hard because I, I he's so young yet, and I feel like he's got a. I mean, I, I personally would say he's got a little higher ceiling than peak Eric Gordon, but not much. Okay, not much. Yeah, and and what do you think about Calden? Because I actually like Calden. I think he's definitely someone who I don't know. He played he played the power forward, but he's really a small forward in his size. Big guy can get some rebounds. Not really great there. Definitely more scoring minded, but he's grown a little bit as a passer, but he's never going to be like a hub. But I feel like he'd be a good, like, secondary guy, you know, even and probably ideally your third guy, you know, someone who can make a play off the ball, um, somebody can knock down a three at a high clip, um, create a little bit of offense in a pinch, but not something you rely on. Like, what do you think about him? Because I think he's still a solid player. Do I think his ceiling is anything more than what he is now? No. And I think we've had the benefit of seeing what going on three years now of Keldon and Vassell in various iterations to see what it could be. And I, I think we, you kind of know, but I think I'm curious on your take. Yeah, I think he's very underrated. Uh, I don't think anybody gives him enough credit, but like, I could also see him be traded by this deadline. Like, I, I think he's very disposable for San Antonio because it wouldn't be it wouldn't be dumb to sell high on him because I think his value is decent right now based on his statistics. But mm-hmm. I mean, he's just not a winning player. I mean, his statistics don't translate to winning. He's been in the league five years now. I mean, he's, he's a guy though, that every team needs. I feel like he could be valuable on just about every team. And there's very few, there's probably 20, 30 players in the entire league. I say that on, um, all depends what his next contract's going to command to, which I don't think it should be a ton. Um, he still has three more years on a very, very good deal. 20, 19, 17, 5, 17, 5, which I think is a steal for a guy like him in this economy. Um, the, the salary cap's just booming. 
Yeah. So I think it, I think he's on a great contract. So it's tough to get rid of that. Um, and he's he's been pretty durable. Um, it's a, he's been very very durable. Uh, no, not as durable as I thought. I'm glad I checked on that. Um, <laughs> 63 and then 17. So he's had a 69, 75. He's played every game this year, though. So, I mean, hey, there's something to be said for that now. And, and I guess and even in that way, there's kind of an improvement there, right? Um, in addition to like some good injury luck there. But yeah, I'm with you on that for sure. I just, Wemby is kind of the star of the show, and rightfully so. Um, you know, if his three ball comes together, we've already seen like one highlight play, it seems every time he plays, right? And then he's had some great matchups. He had, you know, a good back and forth with Giannis. The game that, you know, um, Embiid scored 70, you know, for the fourth time this season, um, Wemby scored 30 plus, scored 33. Like, yeah, there's been some issues. I mean, not really a whole lot, but like, I think Embiid finally did what many people thought would happen to Wemby when it comes to defending bigger, stronger guys. But like, on the one hand, I'm like, okay, we finally see what all the detractors to Wemby, including myself at times, were saying could happen against the Embiid's, against the Jokic. Because in my mind, Wemby was always going to play five. Like, people are always going to play four. No, and I think we see that now. Like, his ideal position was five, always. Um, at the same time, there's only really one Jokic and one Embiid. So it's not like that's the thing that happens often. And right. Wemby is a really strong dude. It just shows you how much bigger those guys are. So there's like a few plays we've been putting in the basket. But if you think about it, every time you've seen Wemby and Yama play, there's been a big block, some clutch scoring, like, great you know he, he loves the mid-range he loves the three and on the one hand i wish the numbers were better but on the other hand he's a guy who's not afraid of taking that shot and he showed he can make that shot and you could see him as like the nexus for the spurs if other guys like devin Bassell or kelton johnson or you know i don't know, even to a lesser extent coach popovich realize that they need to give him the ball more yeah I, i'm not worried about his growth whatsoever i still ha- have him as a ceiling as the number one guy in the league potential i mean I'll be shocked if he doesn't become a top 10 player within the next two years. Um, I think he's that good and trending that way. Like I didn't expect anything more than this, to be honest. This is the basically 20 and 10 is I'd say the exact stat line. I probably predicted coming in. Um, Like I, if you go back and listen to my pods in the summertime, that's probably those exact numbers that I said. Uh, <laughs> exactly maybe a tad different percentages, but probably not by much. Um, so I think he's right on schedule. He's not. I'm not going to say he's exceeding expectations, though. He's meeting them. But okay. you can't exceed those expectations either. Let's be real. I yeah. mean, the expectations are as high as they ever got. So you got to give the guy some slack. That is true. That is true. No, I'm with you on that. I like it. I think that this team's going to be one that's interesting. I want to see who they go for in the draft, um, especially with this draft class. Goodness. Um, and then also, like, internal development and where they kind of go moving forward. But you're right. This team definitely is a bright feature, and a lot of that is because of Wabanyama. But um, let's get to number three. Let, what's, who's, who's number three up here? Yep, these are my boys right here, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, Got to do it with Ant and Jaden. Um that's a duo to be reckoned with. And then Nas Reed's been tremendous. Um, that's about it. That's the core right there. Um, it's crazy because you think about like, I'm looking over this as I'm making these decisions, like Houston's core is still extremely deep in my opinion, one of the deepest in the league at six. Uh, Memphis has two all-stars ready and jaw and Jaron Jackson jr. Um, and then just, I think good pieces around them when they're all healthy, uh, but then like New Orleans is really deep um, and that's that's about it. So Minnesota at three, I mean, I feel good about just because Ant, you know, like his ceiling. I personally think he can be top three in the league at his, at his ceiling. It's just I haven't seen the growth this year I'd like, to be honest. I mean, he hasn't grown a ton from last year. Like he's he was just amazing. He's amazing. Don't get me wrong. He's really exciting. But like. He's still taking a lot of dumb shots. Um, he's still not that mature as a player. He's still pretty unpolished. Um, it's just he's so incredibly talented. And his playmaking is about the same as last year. I'm not going to say it's that much greater. It's just Mike Conley has done wonders for this team. And Anthony Edwards ends up getting so much of the credit. Um it's, it's unfortunate because Cat has been amazing. 
um, outside of the blunder of a 62-point game that everybody's making fun of. And I'm, I'm, in, I'm in that category, yes. It was one of the worst 60-point mm-hmm. performances ever. And that necessarily mm-hmm. wasn't Carl's fault either. It was the whole team's fault. And the coach did a decent job of calling that out. But, yeah, and, I mean, I just – Growth isn't always linear, okay? I mean, growth is sometimes a lot of this, you know? And so I'm hoping, I mean, it really takes off sooner than later. But, like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest. Like, it hasn't been the leap from last year to this year like I was hoping for, thinking. But as a Minnesota Timberwolves fan sitting first in the West, you're not going to hear me bitch about anything. Like, this is a dream come true. Um, I love it. And it's so fun and exciting to watch. But, yeah, I mean, I I want him to reach his full potential. And I'm not necessarily sure this coach is, Finch is the guy to get it done. Um, and the roster is, like, decently fit. But I, I'm a firm believer the talent exceeds the fit in this on this team right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the talent on this team, and I don't necessarily love the consistency the team plays with. That's fair. I'm a big Ant fan. I'm a huge Ant fan. So, like, I think he's definitely gotten better. I think, like you said, Mike Conley's rubbed off on his play for sure. And I actually like some of the passing reads he's given. It's not consistent enough by any stretch. But he's gotten had moments where, he, where you know, like, okay, he's dominant. You cannot stop him. Like, he's going to get his and and there's nothing you can do about it, right? Um, if anything, I'm a little less – I'm a little more down on them because of – um, Jade McDaniels, like aside from being a defensive minded player, that's great. But like the idea was, okay, he's one of the best wing defenders at 23 and what offensive potential he might have. But like we've seen this season, the numbers look fine. Uh, you know, 51% shooting 37% from three, but it's 11 points. Like he looks like a low volume offensive guy who's really good defensively. So in other words, Herb Jones, you know what I mean? Like, I just yeah. I, <laughs> like, he's a way I better shooter sure. than Herb and- we, I mean, even that. Okay, Herb has picked up the shooting though. I feel like this season, Herb's been really solid from three. He's shooting Herb's shooting better than Jay McDaniels from three. Yeah, I just don't. Just under I don't 40%. trust. I don't trust the shot. I mean, consistently. I mean, the numbers say yeah, but yeah. Uh, hang on. And like on more. Although I will say I agree with you. Like, I, I, if you ask me to trust one over the other. I'd probably trust Jaden McDaniels over Herb Jones, but at the same time, one's taking, you know, they're both taking about three a game. Okay, Herb's taking like, no, Herb's taking. They're both taking about the same amount of threes per game. Yeah, I, I, three point three four. Yeah, they're both like low volume shooters who are good defenders. I'd say Herb's so, like older. Nas yeah, Nas Reed's older. really taken away from Jaden McDaniels, uh, and. Mm. We have decided to go a little bit deeper than I'd like um, minutes wise. Um, I don't like our bench outside of Nas Reed. And they definitely, I mean, definitely it's the minutes don't say how deep we go at times. But like Jaden was getting comparisons to Jalen Brown if he took a leap last year. Like people were thinking that's kind of like his ceiling. Uh, play style, I, I see it. I mean, he's not a very good ball handler. I mean, he's not the smartest player in the world, um, but mm-hmm. amazing athletically. He's got great moves um, when he gets to his spots, um, good footwork, and just a good defender. But um, the opportunity he has isn't near what Jalen Brown ever did. I mean, I think there's more to Jaden than we're seeing um but i just i don't know if like well he doesn't initiate it either so i mean he he could take it because the offense allows him to i believe that i if he want if he wanted to be a guy like that um but he tends to um just sit back and play within whatever system we're trying to play at times, which I don't think is necessarily a consistent system. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I I don't know if he, he doesn't have the killer mentality Jalen Brown has. Um, I, so I think it's more of a go get it offensive mentality. And I think that's, I would give Jalen Brown the favor there. 
Okay. No, I, I like I like your analysis and someone you're I mean you said you're Timberwolves fan. Like I'm not gonna say oh I know more than the guy watching all of the games. I'm Call me for sure. But I like, mean you tell me what you see. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I like it for sure. I'm definitely someone who I am I'm I'm still high on him. I think for me, um it, it a lot of it is on the shoulders of Ann. I can't lie. Like Nazarene, I think it's only knock on Nazarene if there is any on my for me is that he just ages out soon. You know, so like, or does he age out soon? Let me just check because I had to make sure it was like, he's, 20, he's 24. Yeah, he aged out soon. Age out, like, beginning of next season, he won't be in this anymore. So, in my mind, he's still gonna be a, a stud, a rock solid player here, and he's a very solid backup center for sure. Uh, I guess I would worry what would happen if you were to, let's say, trade Carl Anthony Towns, which I'm sure we're now gonna have a Timberwolves centric episode at some point here with you. Because, in my mind, if you, you know, given the financial situation that the Wolves are under next season, what to do a point guard is a big question, but the other question is, do they move from cap? And if they do move from Cat, what is the role for Nas Reed there? Because I don't know if I like him as a starter full time. And you also already have Gobert, who's probably not being. I mean, this is probably going a little bit to a separate total conversation. But I guess Nas Reed, Nas Reed will still stand to factor as a major part of this team, regardless. I just for the young core conversation, he will no longer be that. And so in my mind, if you look at that, okay, great. Right now, yeah, I have. I, I say at three as well, just because of his status. But a lot of it, like. 75% of it is probably off the back of Anthony Edwards, how good he is and how young he is and what he can possibly be, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, Jaden, I mean, Jaden's technically looked at the fourth or fifth option on this team. Uh, maybe even six at times. Like it's unfortunate. Cause I, I do think he has a lot more to give. Like think about him in San Antonio. I think he could be averaging 20 in San Antonio. I really do. Um, I think he'd fit great there. And um, yeah, I think he's better than Kelton Johnson. I, I think he, I, I believe that to a core, um, mm-hmm. but it's just the opportunity isn't necessarily there and he's not trying to take it either, which is fine because it's, it's working. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Absolutely. I mean, this team, yeah. This team isn't a championship contender in my eyes, and I've said it all year, even if we finished in the top three, what have you, number one, even in the West. Like, I don't believe this team has what it takes in the playoffs. Um, And Jaden McDaniels, if he developed, I would believe that. If he developed into what I thought he could be last year. That's fair. No, I'm with you on that. I I totally get you on that for sure. Last question on this topic, though. Jaden, where's your ceiling at for him now? Uh, Jaden for me, I'm going to say a solid third option at this stage. I want to, I just, I mean, he could be, he could, he's still young enough that he could be like a high end second. I just haven't seen it yet. I just haven't seen it. And like, as you get over, you run out of time that you look at him like, I don't know, maybe he has like a late career. This is why I always say like, like you said, to go off what you said about growth isn't linear. Um, we had a guy in Jeremy Grant who became a go-to scorer, you know, at what age 27, like he'd been a raw guy, you know, wasn't even in people's top young cores in his early 20s. Then he became a solid guy who could knock down a three ball, you know, kind of grew into it. And then all of a sudden he was his go-to score, right? And I mean, for bad teams, of course, but like a guy who all of a sudden is hitting middies, you know, off the dribble, knocking down threes at a decent volume. Like nobody saw that development early and it didn't happen 22, 23. 24 it was like 25 like 24 25 he was starting to knock down some threes 26 well wait a second whoa like that so like with that mindset of course that's a rare thing i would say him and pascal siakam are like two different rarities in the developmental cycle but like that's not to say jamie daniels couldn't be that and he is younger but at the same time just based off of what i've seen is he not as aggressive enough because he knows he has ant there um is he not as aggressive enough because he's you know focusing on defense like that that could be a thing so for right now, I see him a solid third, and I think that's still a really good spot. Um, but you know, there's potential to move up. Oh, oh, you, I think you're muted, bro. Oh no, I'm completely with you. Everything you said, I think he's a solid oh, third it. option. Yeah. yeah who so who'd you have at three? Um, you know, as we were talking, I okay. So I moved people around. I took Memphis wasn't on my <laughs> list at all. Memphis wasn't on my list at all because, and not because they're not good. I mean. The problem is they're both 24. You know, like, they're both 24. Jaws missed some time. Whatever you think about him off the court, whatever, I don't know. All I care about is if you're on the floor, and he hasn't been on the floor, and that's that's just been the issue, right? right? And Jaron Jackson Jr. has been solid, really good defensive player, all of that as well. But, like, 
and he's a really good shooter. I think he's definitely gotten so much better as an offensive guy, even more of a go-to offensive player. Um, but foul trouble is still a thing for him. And I feel like both him mm-hmm. and Desmond Bain are, are both better suited as third options. And Desmond Bain is already 25. So, like, like that's kind of the mindset of where I was going with them. So I didn't have them in it at all. I just wanted to reference them. Um, who I had number three was Indiana. Um, and that was yeah. largely off of Tyrese Halliburton. But I'm a big Mathering guy. Solid. Yeah, there, yeah. Yep. Take it. I'm, I, just, I think solid. I think Indiana's holding him back, though. So, I mean, the rest of that core. I mean, I have I have Indiana at eight, and they're the first of my tier two. I had Memphis at seven, um, just because John and Jaron are both all stars, and then the rest. I mean, mm-hmm. basically outside, it's Tyrese and Benedict Mathern for me versus John and Jaron, and obviously that goes to Memphis, edge to them. Uh, the rest, I mean, other pieces like the Jarris um, and the GG Jackson's type, like you can debate both sides there outside of those two guys. Um, I do think sure. Indiana is holding Benedict Matherin back. Like I really, really like the guy. I thought I still think he has all-star potential. I just don't know if he's going to reach it in Indiana. Um, I think He's not getting the opportunity that I think he deserves and can handle. Uh, But time will tell. And um, maybe he eventually starts by the end of the year or this year. But um, it's just it's it's weird for me because, I mean, yeah, they're fighting for defense, even though that team has no defense in general. So why not just go all in on offense? And um, I, I love when he's out there and moving and grooving. And I just. Yeah, I th- I think he could be something very special and had some crazy ass takes on him last year, but they've definitely cooled off this year. I I, I get you on that. <laughs> I, I'm also like a good acknowledgement, like, hey, you know, and hey, who knows? But like I definitely wonder if it's just more progression on his side or if it's the system and he does need to play more in a system that is for him, you know. And I, I don't know, I haven't seen enough to for me to say that, but at the same time, like that could very well be a thing, right? And so that that's that's really my question. Like, is it the system that fits? Cause you would think, I mean, playing in a wide open offensive system with, you know, a coach who knows how to maximize guards and a point guard who seems to know how to get guys involved, that he'd be a lot bigger than he has been. My thing is there's just so much youth there. And Rick Carlisle is trying to find any defense possible. Matherin's not providing really much of that. Um, so they like, they have plenty of offense, you know, and mm-hmm. so they're they're trying all these guys, Nemhard, Neesmith, Nora, even Bruce Brown. And Bruce Brown was supposed to be the defensive specialist, didn't do shit for that there. Um, <laughs> Kendall Brown, even they sprinkled him in there, Ben Shepard now. Um, but yeah, there's so much youth and trying to spread out all these minutes. And it's yeah, Buddy Heal, TJ McConnell, they still getting theirs. And um, mm-hmm. that's a lot of guys that they're just trying all these different things, tinkering around. And they like, I mean, Buddy's knows his role. He knows he's very consistent. Um, he fits very, very well with just about anybody, and especially Tyrese Halliburton. So um, Matherin's kind of just fitting in where he can fit in. And his talent is showing in his 25 minutes. Um, I think he is, he's definitely in the top three, six man of the year, in my opinion. Um, I, I have him in that award, but like, I think he's more than that. I want him to be more than that, but Rick Carlisle says otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Rick Carlisle's a, I'm not the, the great coach. Ones, but definitely, definitely uh, set in his ways. No, I'm with you on that for sure. <laughs> no, but I, I like, I like them. I think Tyler Halliburton is a guy who is really the star. Again, I lean more toward like that one star guy. And then obviously Jerace Walker is still just 20, right? Um, Andrew Nemhart's been solid, 23, good backup point guard. Um, I just, like, yeah, this is the first time that I think the Pacers are known for their offense first uh, first and foremost, right? I think right now their ceiling is a first-round knockoff. Um, we'll see what they have. You know, Pascal Siakam, they needed a, a wing, like a legit wing, and now they have that. And also they need to see what Jarese Walker does. I mentioned they picked him. He's age-wise. He's eighth overall selection, barely gets on the floor, right? So, is oh, some of that, that they don't Carlisle's plan, coaching? Is some of that, yeah, like what I don't know the reason to that, and I didn't really go like surmise as to why that is the case, but all we know is that that is indeed the case. And so, like, I definitely want to see more development there. But as it stands right now, I mean, 
look, you're looking at a guy like 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 Tyrese Halliburton, top 10 point guard in the NBA. You know what I mean? He's a dude. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's a guy. So that's why I have them there. Um, but let's get to your number two. We're, we're moving on up here. Yeah, uh, basically it's Luka Doncic and Der- Derek Lively. I mean, that's whoa. Luke I like better, it. Luke, Luke is better than Ant. Um, you could argue he's the best on this list, but um, the team above him, I think, has a better player right now. It's close, um, but uh, Luka, yeah, I mean, they're they're our number two here. If they didn't even have lively. I'd still probably put him at number two, maybe number three, four ish. No, I'd probably have him at number four if they didn't have lively. Um, I think lively bumps him a couple spots for me. Um, so it's Josh Green. You can maybe argue that he's a part of this core for the long run, but he's been inconsistent for me. Um, other than that, I mean, I liked Olivier, uh, who they drafted, but he hasn't done anything. I thought he was, I mean, He's a rookie, so you got to give him time. But, yeah, it's a two-man core here. So take it for what you will. I mean, that Indiana, we just said they have like eight to ten guys that fit into this parameters here that could all be rotation players. And so you could talk me into them being number two, depending on what type of ceiling you believed in a couple of those other guys. But, yeah, I'm I'm – pretty firm on Dallas being number two just because of Luca. It's a star league, baby. That's solid. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I had Dallas also number two, but this is the thing. I only had it for Luca, and I was tempted. I wanted to get your thoughts on it. I wanted to put Houston there. And I think I wanted to put Houston there because I wanted to put Houston in the conversation, not because they've actually been there. Like one guy in Luca who's been just so just amazing, right? Like one of the best players in the league, top five in the league at his age. Like how much does that put over – some guys who have some promise, some guys who've been pretty solid themselves, some guys who are just young enough in Houston. I'm reading a 21-year-old Oppen Shingoon, a 21-year-old Jalen Green, although he struggled, a 20-year-old Jabari Smith Jr., who I'm personally still high on, a 22-year-old Tari Eason, and a tw- you know, I'm going to switch it. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to leave Dallas as an honorable mention. I'm going to put Houston number two. I can't I love it. That's my number one. I'm going to put Houston number two. Yeah. It's hard no, it's, because, it's again, deep, I, I bring man. all these deep guys. Yeah, they're really deep and young. I, I definitely want to see who is the the alpha here. Who is the leader of the team? Right now, is it Fred Van Vliet, I would say, right? And then, like, Jalen Green seems to be the highest drafted player. And then Shangun is probably the best player. But, like, how does that work out? Because Jalen Green has all the tools. And it hasn't been put together yet. Jabari Smith Jr. still needs to work on some things. But, like, I still believe in a 6'10 guy who can shoot, even though he's been, you know, up and down the shooting. Amen Thompson has a, a defensive... Uh, destructive force all over him. We just got to see it. Tari Eason's already been proving that. And Alperen Shingun's been like a low, like a, like a Jokish light in terms of like a big man hub type guys you can run offense through. No, LP is definitely their, their number one. Um, it's that's who they're building around. I mean, it's, he's solidified there for at least another, another year. Um, they're winning enough games. He's, he's the hub. Um, he's definitely, really capable of running an offense. I mean, he's fighting for an all-star spot right now. It's just there's so much talent in this league, so they got to keep winning a little bit at the level they're at. But, yeah, I mean, Jalen Green, last before the year even, I still thought he had all-star potential. I'm not there anymore right now. I just – mentally, I think he's something, – something's messed up in his, his head. I don't know what's going on, but um, – doesn't look like he fits. And a lot of times, I mean, he should be benched at times. It's crazy. Like looking closer to like a Jordan Clarkson than anything. Um, and it's unfortunate because his athleticism is insane. I mean, he had multiple 40 point games last year and they, they were good. They were meaningful. I thought um, I Jabari Smith. I mean, I think he might even have a higher ceiling than Jalen, which is, is fine. Um, I love Jabari. I think his growth has been just fine. I love the rate he's going at Taria. Like I said, I would love to see him start or unlock him because I, I really, really believe in Tari. I, I mean, I've had the guy on my show. I think he's a special dude. Like, I think he's a great teammate. I think he's a grinder too. Uh, but then you throw in Amen Thompson, man, another freak, another really intelligent player, a really just all around guy that outside of his shot, 
you know, and so they have so much there and they have these veterans too. It's hard. Not nobody's going to reach their full potential when you got that much talent. So you got to pick and choose. Um, right now they're definitely picking LP. Um, and mm-hmm. Jalen Green's had a chance this year, but I don't see him much longer getting an opportunity. And, um, Houston with this offense because I mean, Ime wants to win, Fred wants to win, Dylan Brooks mm-hmm. wants to win, um, and they got dudes to try out. So it's going to be interesting. I, yeah. I really believe in so many guys on that team, and I'd love to see them be developed because Jalen Green's had a shot. <laughs> yeah. Next. No, I. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, do you do you see Houston moving off of him? You sh- if you bl- really believe in the guys like I do um, on the bench, like you got to condense it at some point, you know, like rookies, their value doesn't last very long uh, unless mm-hmm. you show anything like Kim Whitmore has been amazing in the G League and he's been OK when he stepped in. Um, I'd True. be very comfortable moving off Jalen Green for him and I'm in Thompson and what's going on, but you just got to figure out who else you're moving with him and what you're trying to bring in. Uh, to me, like the pieces I would keep right now would be obviously Fred, Dylan Brooks, LP, and then Jabari four. Okay. So yeah, you're probably trying to get a, a better two. Um, or maybe depending on who's available, like a f- Maybe even get rid of Jabari, the a perfect four, because then you got a lesser, less expensive version of Tari Eason, who I believe in just as much as Jabari. Um, mm. That's that's the route I would go. I mean, for me, it's it's LP, and then everybody else is kind of movable, to be honest. Um, and you have all these pieces that can fit together, but it's it's a tough puzzle. It's going to be interesting what happens. I just hate wasted talent. Um, and I, I said this all along, um, and I've been right about it besides Jalen green. I'll tell you that. There you go. Listen, again, another team I knew, (laughs) (laughs) I about to say another team I knew when we got to that you would have a level of, of, of authority on with, with this, um, with this Houston rocket squad. So yeah, I'm gonna leave them too. I like that, but I guess that leads us to our number one. Um, I I feel like we're both on the same team, but I'm gonna let you reveal your number one. I'm going to let you know if I have them, and then we'll kind of go from there. Probably the most fun team in the league outside of uh, maybe the Clippers. I mean, I think Clippers are as fun of a team as we've seen in many years. Um, I just love the way they're playing together. The vibes are immaculate. Um, Definitely those guys, I'd throw the Sixers in there a little bit. I mean, yeah, they're they're both top three to five league pass teams, you could say, but – SGA, man, he's my MVP so far. Like, that's how much I like him and this team. And um, he's strictly the MVP off games played. Embiid's been the best player. He's played in 10 less games. Sorry, but Mm -hmm. that's important. The V matters. Uh Like last year, though, Embiid lost it for midway through the season, and then he regained it at the end because of the games played. But, I mean, Shea's been pretty durable. I said this earlier too, and then he missed a lot of games last year. So um, I got to be careful with that durable word, I guess. Uh, but Chet Holmgren is a perfect number two. He's an all-star waiting to happen. He's a borderline all-star right now. One of the best rookies. This is one of the best rookies we've seen. I tried to go through this. Like mm-hmm. LeBronish. LeBron, maybe? Seriously, like, value-wise, like, he's been that good. Like, mind you, his counting stats, fuck that. Like, the value Mm -hmm. this guy brings as a two-way player Mm -hmm. and just intelligence-wise and mindset, the clutchness he brings to this game, like, Wemby's counting stats are, are gaining the gap, but, like, it's not even close right now that, the rookie of the year race, in my opinion. And it, it, I don't really even acknowledge any other opinion on this because 
I mean, he's the number one, number two team. I think they're better than Minnesota because they play more as a team more consistently. Uh, but they're young and yeah. the size thing's going to matter in the playoffs. Um, yeah. So also that's young what scares teams in the playoffs. Me. we haven't seen them in the playoffs yet. Like they yeah. look good right now, but we don't know what they're actually going to look like when the playoffs start, you know? Yeah. Nor I do think I we care, have a good idea. Honestly. Oh, you don't really even care. Yeah. To be honest, like I give all young teams their first, first trip to the playoffs. I mean, Chase been there, so he doesn't necessarily get a pass on his performance, but everybody mm-hmm. else, um, on the Thunder, you get at least one to two years of just figuring it out, learning how to play in the playoffs. Um, so, like, they could, yeah, they could underperform in the playoffs. I don't really give a shit. I'm not going to hold that against them. And then we didn't even minute, mention their third wheel. Mm-hmm. Like, they have a big three. Jalen Williams, I think, has all-star potential. Um, some people may argue he's slightly better than Chet. I'm not there. Uh, but... I love him too. The, like there's three guys like they have the talent on their roster outside of more girth next to Chet Holmgren to win a championship. Their ceiling right now is conference finals contender at their peaks. If everybody, if everybody reaches their peak, they're not there obviously yet, uh, but they just got to find a bigger body somewhere. I don't know where that's going to come from. Maybe just yeah. Jalen Williams keeps getting bigger, bro. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think about um a Larry Markinen fit? I love that. I mean, but he's maybe not the girth like that they need. I mean, maybe he plays bigger next to Chet than I imagine. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't really look at him like that. Um it it could be just enough height where because here's the thing. All that it matters is Yo Kitch and Embiid. Okay, Giannis. Those are the three guys. Um, Anthony Davis, yes. Okay. So, yes, there's four teams there. Uh, mainly mainly Jokic. I don't really consider the Lakers a contender right now. Um, I think they can figure out how to get past flopping soft Anthony Davis right now. Oh, uh, wow. but I'm a Laker sorry. fan, my guy. I know. I, mean, I, know. I, to, bro, I, to, I yeah, feel for you. I was so high on your team before the year, man. Go back and check the tape. I, I look bad on the Lakers right now. Because I still I, believe in their depth, but Darvin Ham. Fuck. No, me. I'm with you. I, I'm with you on that. I got to be the same. Like, he's just I, hands in his pockets. That's that's, yeah. that's that's him all the time. I was watching. Um, I think I retweeted on Twitter. It was so funny. And I, like, here's the thing. Darvin Ham, by all accounts, an amazing person. No disrespect to that. It I think that's like important. It. Right, he seems like an amazing person, stand up guy. He does not seem like the X and O's guy I want coaching my team. And he was talking about it was a, it was a, I'll, I'll send it to you later if I can remember. Um, a tweet of him during a coach's house. He was like, Listen, like, mind you, it's a 30 second clip, and he's taking like five seconds in between each sentence. Like, just keep playing hard, passing the ball. We're doing great. Salute. And I went, Salute. salute. Exactly. And I'm just like, oh my god. But like that's just like, that's I, like you just, I heard that. Then, yes, okay. So you know it was like, bro, what are we doing here? Like you got LeBron yeah. and he like look at you like and you saying salute. <laughs> like you know? anyway, like he cool, but he just not somebody I want as you know, running running my team. But I I, I so for that being said, I'll take the lake, I'll take the Lakers slack. I'll take the Lakers flag. That's that's fair. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and you guys have had your, your fair share of fun. I just I you hate know, wasting Anthony. I hate wasting Anthony Davis and LeBron's greatness yet. I mean, I know yeah. LeBron's not anywhere near what he once was, but and I blame a lot of the failures on LeBron. Um I agree. But I don't Imagine think there's very many coaches. Yeah, to Ham's credit, I don't think there's very many coaches LeBron would even listen to right now. Like I almost wish that LeBron would go to like Sixers or something and somewhere Mm. where like they're going to be great with or without any version of LeBron. And it just doesn't matter because everything's so great around him. (laughs) You know, something to lessen Uh, the the load on him. Right. Where I think the Sixers would be one of those few teams Um, like Miami would be sick, too. yeah, because I just think there's dogs and uh, they don't need guys that don't need much structure that are just ballers, you know, and can figure it out. Uh, but anyways, 
back to the Thunder to wrap things up here. I would say I do not believe in too much of anything else besides their big three like a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're good players. I think they're better than I give them credit. I like, I like Giddy. I think Giddy's very good, but he, I don't really like the fit there. I think he's an odd man out there. Yeah. Um, Isaiah Joe's solid. Dort's, I like Dort a lot. Great, great guy to have on your team. And he, yeah. he's one of those 30 players that every team needs um, mm-hmm. that fits on every team. But it's like everybody else is – yeah, carousel, disposable, whatever you want to say. Um, besides those what three, they are. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean and, and like and like interchangeable younger guys, right? Case and Wallace, right. I don't give oh. nearly the credit he deserves, but he's very sneaky good. Um, and I think I'm going to be wrong on him forever. I, I hope because mm-hmm. uh, I just yeah I was really low on him pre-draft too, and so. We'll see what happens there, but I've been right on Chad and I've been right on SGA and I've been right on Jalen Williams. So I'll, I'll take my percentages. Yeah, you got, <laughs> hey, your numbers don't look bad. I will take them too. I get you on that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, that, that wraps it up for us. I mean, this was number one for me. So with the thunder. Um, So I'm glad we did this. I think this is fun. Um, Just kind of going through these squads and trying to see where they are. We have to probably do this again in a couple months toward the end of the year, maybe and see kind of, okay, are we higher or lower? you know, on some of these teams as we get more more run time for the young guys as some of these teams start to, you know, kind of either bottom out or, or really just, like, know where they are. So that'll be for good. Sure. But I want to thank you, Zach, for hopping on, man. It's been a pleasure having you on here, um, talking hoops with you. Again, someone who's been a resident of NBA Twitter for a bit um, and, again, been around, been around for a bit, knows their stuff. And like you said, the numbers don't look bad on, on your predictions here. But uh, let the good folks know where they can find you and more of your work, man. My dude, yeah, I appreciate you having me on and great conversation. I always like talking young cores and development, my favorite part about the NBA, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. That's what gets me intrigued and excited watching the growth. But Zach Noble, Z-A-K, Noble on Twitter, that's about it, uh, unless you're going to find me on LinkedIn a little bit. Uh, but all things NBA, all things Ball is Life, that's where we promote it. Um, anywhere you listen to a podcast, uh, but Chris Persianen, Albert Wynn, those are my co-hosts. We do a little bit of gambling talk. Uh, Chris is becoming a really good insider, uh, mainly for the Knicks, but um, CAA, good good inside information there and around the league. So um, try to touch on every team all the time. So check us out. Appreciate any any subscribes and any, any banter on the waves. Hit me up. Hey, y'all definitely make sure to check that out and do it. Like I said, God knows the stuff is down for a conversation. Those are my favorite types of people on, on, on Twitter, on NBA, Facebook, whatever the case may be. Like, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Um, so I appreciate that, man. But uh, as far as myself, listen, y'all can follow me on Twitter at Corbin NBA, C-O-R-B-A-N-N-B-A, Child Sports Ethos, um, at Sports Ethos, Switch Theory, at Switch Theory, all the good things there. We'll hope to have more cool guests like we had here with Zach. Um, just more stuff coming up here um, down the pipeline. Trying to stay af- active, trying to get after it. You all know how it is. But um, until next time, y'all, for Zach, for myself, we are Frosty. Y'all stay Frosty, and we'll talk to y'all real, real soon. 